if we want to stick in our our customers' uh, minds, so we need we need to specialize on something. We cannot provide all kinds of patterns for for everybody, but we need to have our niche. And that was one of the most scary things for us to do to have the guts to stick on on certain markets or or certain style or or something like that. Like first we had all the options. And then we just narrowed a little bit, and then we narrowed even more. And it has uh, allowed us to to concentrate our efforts on the on the right people and on the right right, so to say, leads. This is the Scare with Sales podcast. Today we're speaking to Jenny from Pattonsform Agency. We discuss finding and committing to your niche, and the power of references when building sales abroad. Welcome to Scale with Sales. Uh, today we have Jenny Mubai from Patterns from Agency here today. Nice to see you, Jenny. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, you were alumni from uh, Euroscalers program. I think was it spring? Or was it or how, was it longer ago? Yeah, spring 2022. Yeah, so not too long ago. Look at that. And but you guys have uh, you have sales running well now. I heard that you have some stuff going on. So uh, yeah, please share with me what uh, tell me what Patterns from does, and then let's go into talk about sales with you guys. Well, Patterns from agency is um, representing Finnish uh, textile and and service designers. Uh, we are an agency, and uh, we operate around the globe. And uh, throughout the years, so we have grown to be the biggest one in the Nordics. So it's all about uh, pattern designs and, and textiles that's in our business. All right. Very nice. So uh, yeah, how long have you been up and running? Uh, we've been in the business since 2019, actually even a little bit before that. Um, but the company was established in March 2019. All right. So it's not that long. It's a little bit like three years. Yep. A little bit more than three years. Nice. It's kind of the same with the Euroscalers, actually. That's when I, I think I started maybe one year later than that. But yes, it's not that long. So tell me more about the sales, because I know you have sales abroad primarily. You're selling Finnish textiles to the world. And uh, I'm curious, I want to hear the like both the what's working and also like the mistakes, because I know you, I mean, you've done this for three years. So there are many things that you've tried that didn't work. So I'd love to hear some stories from you. Well, I have plenty of stories to tell and I'd be happy to share them for you. But uh, I guess that there's a time limit. That's why I have to cut it short. <laughs> so yeah. uh, to begin with, so we knew that uh, we need to operate internationally. And uh, textile business is, uh, is a global business. Um, in the beginning, so we, we didn't, uh, define us ourselves as a textile um, agency, but we 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 had like the bunch of of designers with us, and and we knew that they need help in in marketing and sales. So that's what we wanted to do. Um, quite quite soon, so we we realized that there are great brands here in Finland, but there is also a lot of competition and we kind of realized that that it's even though it sounds lovely that that you would be able to operate at your home country um, that it 
just wasn't an option for us because of the um, of the competitive uh, situation. So we we checked the map and and uh, decided that where do we where do we start from? And we had previous experience uh, from Russia, and we had also previous experience from Japan. First, we tried out the Russian market, but then came the Crimean way, um, and they came uh, another exodus as well. Um, so that 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 experience from from Russia in I guess it was around 2014. So. Um, it gave me a vulnerable um, feedback about the need of, of uh, the branding and, and also the need of uh, a branding of an agency. And uh, then we, we took our second option, which was actually a stronger option, the, the markets in Japan. Um, and, um, and there is a big, big market for Finnish lifestyle. And, and we got our first customers from there, and and there from there we realized that the, even though the the brands are Japanese, but the manufacturing is somewhere very else. And and that we also realized that if we if we want to um, be somehow uh, if we want to stick in our our customers' uh, minds. So we need we need to specialize on something. We cannot provide all kinds of patterns for for everybody, but we need to have our niche. And that was one of the most scary things for us to do to to uh, have the guts to stick on on certain markets or or certain. Um, style or or something like that. Like first we had all the options. And then we just narrowed a little bit, and then we narrowed even more, and then we narrowed. What do you mean? I've seen your patterns, but what do you mean with all the options? Like, how wide is this? Because I think you you have I would I would call it maybe Nordic minimalistic style. Maybe is a good way of saying that's what you have now. That's what we have now. But in mm. the beginning, with the designers are so talented that that they could uh, uh, they could design whatever. But but when you then compete with, for example, I mean, we are operating in the same market as, as all Indian designers or all Southern European mm. designers, all, all South American designers. So um, there are just so many styles. And but you're right, we, we noticed that, that the Scandinavian style is, is uh, something unique and that's something that, that our designers are mastering. So that's Mm. where we wanted to stick. And did it help when you made that choice? Absolutely. It has it has uh, allowed us to to concentrate our efforts on the on the right people and on the right right so to say leads. How do you convince, you said like you got your first customers in Japan for example, how did you convince them to buy from you because they have the whole world of patterns to choose from? Well, in Japan, Finland has a very strong reputation, so that definitely helped there. And and with one reference, so it was uh, easy to get another reference, and and then you could say that that we have already several customers at this market, so then you could approach another 
another market and, and it's just like a chain of references that that we've been building all right well that was in japan but you're selling in other countries too so how did you break in like give me some other examples of markets you've broken into and how you did it um we are now having uh, customers in china that's one of our big um uh, big breakthroughs so to say um there is lots of uh, manufacturing, lots of production, textile production in in China. Um, how we did it? Well, we have been um, active in participating of international or at international trade fairs. So one day there was um, a guy approaching us and uh, and uh, he said he would need some patterns so we started discussing and and our our collaboration has been going on for this is now the fourth year and we have been supplying there over 100 patterns so far very nice so that's a good that's a big client but you, you that means that from your perspective these uh, fairs, these events, they work? For us, the fairs are a very good offline uh, place to meet the customers. Of course, mm. not during the pandemic, so all the fairs have been on hold, and we have been forced to find some other means of sales as well, and I guess you have other big role. <laughs> and the Euroskeletons has had a big role in, in doing that. Yeah. Uh, um, has it worked? <laughs> That's the most important question. That has worked, and, and that has actually, it, as as funny as it sounds, but uh, with the Euroskeletons program, so we, instead of, of uh, reaching out, so we decided that we would reach in and we would uh, not... Um, concentrate on those most obvious um, customers that that many textile designers approach. But we we are doing um, projects together with the hospitals and and mm-hmm. uh, institutions. So we bring a little bit colors and patterns to to environments so to say right that's very clever there you go yeah there's something for all of those you of you listening as well like i we i for me it's important to make money like if we sell abroad that's great but if there's money to be had in in finland or your home country and it it works like you know you should take it and sometimes we forget that there's a home market that might be really interested in our product because we always want to go abroad so heavily so I'm really cool that you have found that as well. Yes. That you found an addition. Yes, yes, yes. And and also um and the references from abroad have, have helped a lot in in the process of convincing them our our local Finnish uh, customers. Yeah, I mean I guess that helps. It's like, yeah, we're really big here in Japan and China. We have a lot of patterns, like hundreds of them are being sold all these places. And and I think maybe we, you know, you would like them here in Finland because it's Finnish patterns. You know, then be like, oh, they like it abroad. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. Yeah, yeah, now it's good. Yeah. You know. Because you can trust yourself when somebody else likes it, you can also like it. It feels more comfortable. Yes, yes. But also 
Um, I mean, what what we have understood is that that the, for example, the the LinkedIn is a really powerful tool for mm-hmm. for this kind of um, sales approaches. All right. Well, tell me more about that. Um, people, I mean, you you get to know. Uh, or you have the face with whom to to um, discuss directly. Um, I mean, the the way is just much shorter than than via like homepages or via the the central phone <laughs> line or yeah. or something like that. Info at company.com. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. And and then also in um, in LinkedIn when when approaching new people so you have that limited uh space of of uh, for for telling what what's your why should why should the, the person be interested in you so you just can't explain everything at once and it's so i mean everything in in an email and and it's also easy then for for customers to then deny the approach, which is also understandable for some cases. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like LinkedIn a lot as well. So far, it's it's a great platform to get to know people because they can really quickly see who you are and what you're about. So it's easy for them to say yes or no. An email is just an email. They might be able to look at the website, but it's not so personal somehow. It's like when you do it with the LinkedIn, it's like, I'm trying to talk with you. You can check who I am. I can check who you are. No. And then it's easy. Yes, exactly. Do you use any tools to make like any part of your sales or marketing process? Are there any tools that you're using? Well, uh, we we could be using much more efficiently, but so far we are on the on the Excel. Yeah, those of you who can't see me, I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm face palming the 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 Excel. <laughs> I mean, it's it's something. It's better than than handwritten it's notes. It's better than having nothing, and and you need to remember from where we began. So yeah, yeah we are going there, but with our baby steps. Yeah, I can say I have a CRM that I'm using, and I'm barely using it. Like I have a CRM, I should be using it more, but I'm not. I know that's like a weakness I have, uh, so if I will use it more. But when like Excel, for example, is just it's straight exactly what you want right there. There's nothing complicated in the way. So that's why it's so nice to use because you have access to everything right away with scrolling, clicking, like it's just right there. And most CRMs, like there, there's a lot of clicking, a lot of filling in and, and things to make it work. And yes, you can automate some of it, but there's also still, Excel is good until a certain point where it's like too much. But before that, Excel has a lot of positive functions to it, I think. So, Jenny, what advice would you like to give uh, to yourself? Like, thinking back when you started this process, what would you say to yourself? Like, this is how you should consider sales and marketing. Um, well, thinking back now, so so from three years ago, so I would uh, be much more, um, or I should have much more, confidence to myself that, that this idea is, is really worth taking. I mean, trust trust your own idea and then um, then know, your, know the customer. What are their needs? I mean, this sounds so pathetic and, and it sounds so obvious, but, but as an entrepreneur, so you do have uh, limited time and you have like thousand balls 
in um, in the air at at the same time. So especially if you, if you don't have an RS level uh, for resources, so concentrate on on the customers or the potential customers that that you are most that that the most likely would be your customers or could become your so, customers. So did you have that as a guess already that you knew the the Nordic patterns or this? They would be interesting, but you didn't dare to to go with that first. You wanted to go wider when you started. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called the entrepreneurial hunch, the entrepreneurial gut feeling. Uh, sometimes, like most often, it's true, but we just know. We just get a feeling like that. This, this, this is probably going to work. But we, we other people say, well, don't do it like that, or you know, it's got too narrow. It's like sometimes just. Try it out and see, and most of the time you're going to be correct. And that's why the people who give you advice are not entrepreneurs anyway, because they don't dare to do anything. Yes, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. And, and but, but something that has led us uh, a lot is is this act of, of learning by doing. And, and mm. you just should keep growing all the time and, and fix the failures then at later point that, you know, just keep the keep the machine running and try new things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same in sales. You can try different kinds of pitches uh, in your LinkedIn messages and, and check which is uh, working the best, for example. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, thank you, Jenny. This uh, I, I completely agree with you. You know, you, and we never start where everything doesn't work out. That's how we start. It starts with like not working and you have to find your way. And uh, they, they, that's what makes it fun because you have to f- there's a process of uh, discovery. You're like that's what makes entrepreneurship interesting. I think. Yes, yes. And the world is changing all constantly and all the time. So, so you need to kind of like be active all the time. Like if you have figured out one good way to to operate like five years ago, so it doesn't necessarily work in today's world. Yeah, that's true. Jenny, is there anything else you would like to share with the uh, with the audience? Feel free to follow us, and and if you get any interest on on our patterns, or or if you would like to know more about our ventures, so feel free to get in touch with me. For example, in LinkedIn, I might accept you or not, depending on your pitch. <laughs> exactly. Right, thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming in. This is Jenny Mubai from uh, Patterns From. Uh, you'll be listening to Scale Sales Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Rasmus, for being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scale with Sales Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts. So find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rasmus Basilea and you'll find me there. I'll make it a point to respond to all messages I get. If startup sales and international expansion interests you more, you can find more insights and resources at euroscalers.com. Thank you again for listening.